This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Last week, the government announced an ambitious plan to raise money by leasing out public-owned infrastructure assets called the National Monetization Pipeline or NMP. The proposal has identified assets across 13 sectors which include airports, railways, roads and power transmission lines. The aim is to raise rupees 6 lakh crore over the next 4 years. The finance minister making it clear that there will be no transfer of ownership that these are brownfield assets that the government is looking to monetize. The finance ministry has unveiled a plan which aims to monetize national assets and get revenues to the tune of 6 lakh crore rupees. It's no secret that the government needs more capital. COVID-19 has increased the expenditure while reducing revenue from sources like the goods and services tax. New Delhi also had little success raising capital by privatizing public companies like BPCL or Air India. However, opposition parties are up in arms against the NMP. They have raised concerns like the concentration of assets with a few companies leading to monopolies. Consumers could be forced to pay a higher fee for using toll roads, airports or electricity, opposition parties said. order to collect 1.5 lakh crore a year by way of rents you call it by whatever name by way of rent they are indulging in what i would call a grand bargain sale a grand closing down sale these assets have been built using public money thousands and thousands of crores of rupees over the last 70 years Now the prime minister is in the process of selling the crown jewels of this country. Can this monetization plan bring in the much needed funds for building new infrastructure or would it lead to monopolies and consumers ending up paying more? It's Tuesday, August 31st. I am Nehal Chaliawala and you are listening to the Morning Brief. The government has maintained that it is not an outright sale of assets but rather a lease. What the asset monetization pipeline does today is to take this uh, entire thing uh, to the next phase where you're looking at the public private partnership the ownership remains of those assets with the government and there will be a mandatory hand back they'll have to give back after a certain time. So let there not be any confusion or oh, this government is selling away no these are assets brownfield which will be still with the ownership of the government but the opposition argues that after long lease periods of 20 to 30 years there would be little value left in these assets congress leader p chidambaram in a newspaper column wrote and i quote by a stroke of the pen mr modi and his finance minister have threatened to reduce india's public sector assets to near zero end quote technically it isn't a sale uh, because the asset is returned to the owner so like a toll road going back to nhi after 30 or 40 years the asset reaches the end of its life so the refrain from the opposition is how different is it from an outright sale that's et's shugato ghosh The point here is who manages the assets over 40 years. 
almost understandable are the related questions like, is the asset properly maintained during its period? What about the user charges? How much can you raise them? How frequently? So these are the questions which are cropping up. Questions have also cropped up on whether this will lead to a few business groups acquiring control of key assets like airports, ports, roads, and transmission lines, and thus becoming monopolies. An answer to many of these questions could be the nifty financial instruments called Infrastructure Investment Trusts or INVITs and Real Estate Investment Trusts or REITs. What are these? INVITs and REITs are primarily assets which are put together in a trust and the trust issues units to the investors. It can be institutional investors as well as public investors. So the yield which is generated by these assets, the trust distributes it in lieu of the units issued to the investors. That's Raghavendra Pandey. I am an executive vice president with uh, ICICI Securities on the investment banking side. And I had the conglomerates infrastructure in the real estate sector. Raghavendra has overseen seven of the 10 invits and REITs issued in India so far as an investment banker. So how do invits and REITs help prevent monopolies? Basically, these assets are put under the control of a trust rather than going to a particular company. The trust brings together money from investors like global funds, banks, companies, or even retail investors like you and me. This is just like buying into a mutual fund. Each investor owns a small part in the assets bought with the pooled funds and the benefits are distributed amongst all. The Niti Aayog, which is the government think tank behind the NMP, has outlined both direct contracts with companies and such structural financial instruments as possible models for monetization. So uh, the structure, whether it's an invit or a REIT, uh, there is an investment manager who is responsible for the management, distribution, acquisition of new assets, uh, and carrying out the fiduciary duty. And there is something called the PM. So the PM is primarily who is taking care of the operations and maintenance of the roads. And the moment the road moves or the moment the transmission line moves or the digital fiber moves into the trust and units are issued, everything is done by that invit or REIT. But these trusts would naturally want to maximize the profits for their investors, right? What's stopping them from overcharging? Wouldn't costs go up for the consumers? Not really. It wouldn't go up because see, these all these concession agreements are governed by two factors. One is traffic. The other is the WPI. The concession agreement has an yearly uh, change of toll charges and it is completely governed by uh, the WPI of the country. So if the WPI goes negative, then obviously the toll charges will be down and the WPI is positive and to an extent percentage. So uh, the toll charges will go up. It's got nothing to do with invits or REITs. Whether you do this invit read today or you don't do this ever or you don't do this monetization, nothing changes for the consumer. WPI is Wholesale Price Index or inflation. So basically, the assets are leased out and not sold to investors and the agreement includes on how much the consumers can be charged. The increase in cost for consumers depends on the user traffic and inflation. Fair enough. But how does one calculate the lease amounts to be charged? 
in a simple crude way the value is based on the return you wish to pay or the return which you think the investors are looking for in the market uh, it can be a benchmark to, to you know in india with 10 year gsec plus the risk premium plus also in terms of you know covering if, if the global investors are coming in they would like to you know cover libor and all so uh, in terms of uh, returns uh, one has to discount the cash flows of these assets future cash flows of this asset based on the expected returns and what about the argument that the asset say a road having little or no value left after 20 or 30 years after that that doesn't mean that the road vanishes the road is kept in good maintenance till the 25 years and it's again bid out so the government again owns the asset it's not that the asset is owned by the developer right similarly transmission lines for 35 years so it's not that the those roads or transmission lines and all can or gas pipelines and all will vanish it is just leasing out for a period of time so it's not actually selling assets it is actually the best way to ensure that capital walks into the company and the global capital is hungry to be you know invested in india the sovereigns pensions are actually interested because the yields are out here and at those rates we want it in india so that we can have a, a renewal of all these assets primarily or build new assets on the infrastructure side okay i get it so basically we are just borrowing money from investors now against future revenue that we would have gotten from these assets right but why try and bring in international investors in these indian assets 6 lakh crore is a very big money we don't have that kind of long capital in india corporate india doesn't have it and banks and financial institutions have their limitations so the success of any such program would depend on making it bankable transparent so that international investors are attracted and it becomes politically more acceptable that's shugato again getting overseas investors is crucial for the success of the monetization plan but these investors come with their own set of requirements which the government must fulfill many of the global fund managers they are saying that look we can't sign a big check but we want the board to be independent for instance if uh, a particular psu sets up an invit the investment manager the asset management company the board of that entity should have majority of the members as independent professionals who are unconnected with the psu or the government that is very important in fact some of the international investors like pension funds they even want a seat on the board of the investment manager because after all what is this pension fund i mean they are handling other people's money and they are giving the money to the to invest or a rate so they would like to have some degree of fiduciary control because otherwise the large investors handling other people's money they will not be confident the government may have its own reservations but the government should understand that look we don't have that kind of long capital in india and if we have to attract money we have to put in place certain structures so that it instills certain confidence among investors global markets are flush with cash today investors are chasing all investment opportunities but the gravy train may soon stop and the government must hurry if it really wants to get this monetization plan rolling the global money markets are 
awash with liquidity, uh, even though there are hints of interest rates going up in the US, but still there will be some years where there will be enough uh, liquidity for the right kind of asset. So here the government needs to appreciate the compulsions and the regulations of the various kinds of investors, because these are deep-pocketed investors. They can bring in patient capital, but they have certain fiduciary obligations, certain regulatory compulsions, and these have to be appreciated by the government so that the right structures are put in place. Otherwise, we may miss the bus. Beyond that, the government must also put together a plan on how to use this capital. The funds cannot be used for operational expenses of the government and must be used for making new infrastructure. Or else, as a senior colleague at ET succinctly put it, it would be like selling your family gold to eat pizza. Policy aside, the NMP has raised political questions too. Opposition parties have especially criticized the lack of transparency while drafting the policy. Politicians, including Rahul Gandhi and Mamata Banerjee, claim that monetization will lead to monopolies of companies alleged to be close to the government. These assets are made in the making of 70 years. It is not the Modi's asset. It is that country's asset. Modi cannot sell the country's asset and the public asset like this. It is not the BJP party affairs. It is the country's affairs. We are really, we are shocked. This is how Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman responded to these allegations. I wish the opposition questions with some homework done. Who actually monetized the Mumbai-Pune corridor? Was it not the Congress party? Was it not under the Congress party, which was headed by Shrim and is even now being headed by Srimati Sonia Gandhi, 8,000-odd crores was raised by that? It's still early days, and a lot of the final details on the monetization exercise are awaited. The kind of agreements that will be entered into, the kind of investors chosen, Will it be individual companies or investment trusts? How are performance guarantees structured so that the asset is maintained well during the intervening years? These details should be absolutely transparent and put in the public domain for scrutiny. That's all from us today. I am Nehal Chalyawala and you have been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Shashwat Mohanty. If you like listening to this episode, do share it on your social media. We would love your feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at theratetimesgroup.com. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. All credits for external clips used in this episode have been mentioned in the description. <laughs>